Molly Fisk, Observations from a Working Poet. Yesterday I woke up full of sadness for no apparent reason, and today I woke thinking about the word adept. I rarely remember dreaming, so waking with a thought feels like a little surprise every morning. What is adept doing in my brain? It's not a word I use much, though I could start. Is one of the nine muses up in Valhalla with a dictionary, dropping seldom-used words down upon us as we rest? I'm mixing my references terribly here, as the muses are from Greek mythology who lived on Mount Olympus, while Valhalla is not a heaven per se, but a huge Scandinavian hall, kind of like those function rooms in East Coast restaurants, only bigger, where slain Vikings retire to wait for Ragnarok. Ragnarok is complicated folklore that includes the whole world burning and then being submerged underwater. Apocalyptic and prescient, you might say, but I digress. Adept comes from the Latin adipisi, to obtain or attain. From there it moved to achieving in the mid-17th century, still in Latin, and then somehow emerged in its current form, meaning very skilled or proficient at something. So an evolution from actually accomplishing things to being good at accomplishing them. That is, from action to characterization. I have a feeling this might be the road to Ragnarok. In any case, etymologists are adept at not giving you the whole story. Who decided on these shifts of meaning and how long did they take? I'm sure people resisted change, just as I will probably not be using riz anytime soon. This year's Oxford University Press Word of the Year. Riz is derived from charisma. It's not slang for the past participle of risen, as in, I have riz from the sofa to let the cat in, which I've actually said before. The article I read was fascinating, how the word moved from street speech to different branches of social media, and then was doomed to uncoolness when a corporation used it, in this case Tinder. I'm a little confused by Tinder, although I do realize that swiping left is the sexual equivalent of not making it into Valhalla when you die in battle. I hope you're following all this closely, because there will be a test. Not every writer thinks like this, the brain bouncing around in a pinball machine of language and association, but many of us do. Ricochet and coincidence are our stock in trade. I spent years teaching sixth graders to create surreal juxtaposition by folding pieces of paper, making lists, and then opening the page to write of down the fold. This led to phrases like the green armchair of planetary neglect and his two hot dogs of dangerous laughter, which I then made them use in a poem. The sadness I felt yesterday morning might be due to starting a new year and wondering what the heck I've done with the previous 67. It's weird how these universal questions come up again and again. Who am I? What have I done? What does it really matter? What should I be doing now? Will I be able to cope with what's coming next? I'm adept at many things. I can only hope some of them will come in handy.
Award-winning poet Molly Fisk writes, coaches, and teaches writing in California's Sierra Nevada foothills. You can reach her at mollyfisk.com. This program is produced at the studios of KVMR-FM, Nevada City, California. Funding is provided by Harmony Books of Downtown Nevada City and KVMR with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.